It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 235, entitled Nathan Butcher's Names. It was recorded on December the 19th, which is a Monday, 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I'll be joined this week by three very special guests. It's our last episode before Christmas, so it's a bit special. We have Michelle Frechette, we have Remkus de Vries, and we also have Taco Verdenshot. What are we here for? Well, it's called This Week in WordPress, so we talk about WordPress rather a lot. First up, the State of the Word address was delivered by Matt Mullenweg. Michelle was there in New York this week, so we talk about all of the different bits and pieces that he mentioned, including the new WP Sandbox project, which enables you to launch WordPress literally inside your browser. It's pretty extraordinary. Taco tells us all about the fact that Yoast SEO Free now has the included inclusive language analysis. That's a really nice adventure that they've taken us on. Gutenberg 14.7 has got some nice new features which we talk about. 1.6 million euros is the price if you want to take over the MailChimp for WordPress plugin. It's interesting having those numbers out in the open so we talk about that. WP Gives a Hand is a project which during the course of the next week will hope to get companies donating some of their profits to worthy causes. We also talk about the fact that Cadence is on a clip. 200 thousand installs for the theme and WordFence has decided to free up their vulnerability database for commercial and personal use as well. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash WP Builds. Ah, it's a comfortable pair of old shoes, isn't it? Christmas comes around. <laughs> uh, we're on this week in WordPress 235. Kind of feels like I haven't done this for a month. We've had two weeks off actually because I've been, I've been a poorly little chap, and um, and so I'm kind of really glad that I'm back in the, you know, back in the way of things. Somebody's got a lot of noise going on in the background now. I don't know who that it's is. It's fixed. Oh, is it okay? Good, thank you. Um, yeah. So here we are, the week before Christmas. I appreciate anybody who sent me some get well. Um, messages. That's really kind of you. Um, Michelle today is in need of those vibes as well because she's not <laughs> feeling particularly well this morning. But let's just go around the panel and introduce everybody. First of all, hi there, Michelle. How are you doing? Honestly, uh, are you all right? I've been better, but I'm a, I'm a trooper. I'm going to power through. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. I really appreciate you joining us today. Michelle Frechette, if you don't know her, then where, frankly, have you been living? Um, she is the community, sorry, she's the Director of Community Engagement for Stella WP at Liquid Web. In addition to her work there, Michelle is the podcast barista at WP coffeetalk.com, co-founder of Underrepresented in Tech, creator of WP Career Pages. She's also the president of the board of BigOrangeHeart.org, director of community relations and contributor at Post Status. I'm going to take a breath. Author, business coach and frequent organizer and speaker at WordCamp events. Michelle lives outside Rochester, New York, which was kind of handy for 
state of the world this week, where she's an avid nature photographer, and you can find out more about her at meetmichelle.online. You went there this week, right? You actually attended in person. I did, yeah. Was it an invite thing, or did you just, could you invite yourself, if you like? I got invited. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I was one of the people that was invited. Um, and I was, and of course, that's a huge honor to be able to say. Um, this was an invitation. I didn't have to ask to be invited. So nice. It was very cool. Yeah. Very I mean, nice. you know, one of the little yeah. perks of doing all the, all the stuff yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, you do a lot, <laughs> as we just heard. Um, and he hadn't been with us for a while. We got Taco back. We managed to drag him back in. What? Taco was a regular for absolutely ages, and then he had to step away because, like, your calendars got all muddled up, didn't they? Your 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 Monday, which was free, became a Monday which was busy or something. Was that right? Yeah, there was a a management team meeting that was deemed more important than this week in WordPress. I'm not sure why. I am. How dare they about that? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Tot tot tot. Anyway, very nice to have you back on this final show just before the you know the holiday season starts. Taco is the head of relations. This is great. This bio, by the way. Taco is the head of relations at Yoast and irregular contributor to WordPress as GTE for Dutch and deputy deputy on the WP community team. He lives in. I'm not even going to try. I'm going to say Witchen Winchen. Close. Yeah. How? Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. He yeah. lives in Weeken uh, in the Netherlands, which is very close to Yoast HQ. Taco is still pretty active on Twitter, and he's only just started tooting a bit. Yeah, good for you. I've seen you lurking. And this this is the bit. This morning, Taco learned that there's a save button at the bottom of the show notes page, which is required if you want to store your info. <laughs> I did my input twice. So I'm that dedicated. That's not too bad. <laughs> and you know what, Remkus? I, I, for some reason, I have got my, I've got my section for you blank. I'm so refresh, sorry. I don't refresh, kind sir. Oh, there you go. You've done it properly. There we go. Perfect. Right. Let's read out Remkus's excellent. I know Remkus has got a lot in the pipeline at the moment. Remkus De Vries, how are you doing, mate? It's all right. We'll, let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's finish this year. And, we uh, had a chat. We had yeah. a chat before, so I know what you're going through. Yeah, uh, WordPress veteran and WordPress, uh, sorry, WordPress veteran and WordPress and WooCommerce performance specialist at Truer Than North. Remkus is also contributor to the WordPress project, predominantly by organizing WordCamp, such as WordCamp Europe and WordCamp Netherlands, which he co-founded both of. He's based in the Netherlands, and Remkus publishes a WordPress-related newsletter each week, which you should totally check out. And you've got the coolest URL, remk.us. So basically, it's his it's his name, uh, but instead of the remk.us. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Not many people can get there. Actual so I, I, I tried to get Remkus.com, but they want like 10,000K for it. So I'm like, oh, mm. no, this is better. I like yeah. this more. Yeah, Tell us, Remkus, before we start, because I know that you've been sort of jiggling your your endeavors around a little bit recently. What's what's the thing which is happening to you at the minute? What are you in, putting your energies into? Um, I think uh, two things primarily. So... Um, there, there's a, there's this uh, this geezer from the United Kingdom who has uh, recommended I uh, start doing a podcast as well. What a fool! I know, I know, but uh, I have uh, recorded the first two, and uh, uh, I have a couple of uh, uh, follow up uh, already uh, in um, 
in in the calendar. Uh, and secondly, I'm uh, working on my courses, which are which is a totally new thing for me. Not not necessarily doing courses, but um, the way I'll do this course is new for me in terms of everything uh, I'll do from scratch. So uh, so that's that's mostly where my attention goes if I'm not uh, doing my regular work. Nice. D- during the course of this week, I've been um, I've been editing a podcast episode I did with a chap called Chris Badgett. I don't know if you know Chris. Chris yeah. is uh, behind Lifter LMS. But man alive, there's so much in the making of a course. Uh, I've, I've never done any there of that. Is. I've never endeavoured to do any of that. I've only participated in, you know, going through other people's courses. And he just started listing out all the things. I was like, yep, okay, yeah, there's that, so and then there's that, it, and then there's that. <laughs> if, if you look at it from a simple perspective, it's just a, a bunch of lessons. Which right. It's about the information you're learning, right? Yeah, and, yeah. But you, you'd, 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 you'd be wrong because the... I've had conversations with uh, various people who've helped me out tremendously, who are doing nothing other than these types of things. And every single conversation I go like, oh, okay, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. okay, I need to do that too. And I need to remember that. And um, I had a, yeah, just every single conversation has been an eye-opening in terms of the little things that go along with it. Right. Yeah, there is a lot more to it than meets the there eye. Is. That was that was what I discovered. Well, anyway, the best of luck with those new Thank endeavors. You, I hope it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, we got a few comments coming in. By the way, if you do wish to make a comment, I'd love that. That's really nice. Um, but there are a few little caveats, especially if you're on Facebook, and this is basically the caveat. If you want us to see your name and your avatar, you have to go to chat.restream.io forward slash FB. It should have been in the comment, sorry, the the thread right at the top if you're over there. That will allow us to see who you are and so on. If you want to remain anonymous, that's fine. Some people just get over that by writing their first name as the first word of their comment. So entirely up to you. And if you fancy sharing it, just pop your keyboard down for a moment and uh, go to whatever social platform you like and... Mainly, we're over on wpbuilds.com forward slash live, and it would be nice if anybody wants to join us for that. That would be lovely. Uh, and there's a few comments here. Firstly, from Davinda. Hello, Davinda. Thank you for running your um, your awards, Davinda. That was great. Um, there was a whole bunch of people won gold, silver, and bronze this year in all sorts of different WordPress categories. The last bit of WordPress goodness in 2022. Oh, thank you, Davinda. That's really nice. And hello, Amy. Um, I hope you're feeling better now, Nathan and Michelle. Take it easy. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, I had a brush with, I had a brush with a surgeon, and then a brush with COVID, and uh, hmm, let's just say it was curious. Um, I have missed, says Davinda, the save button of <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, it's not you, just Davinda. you. Davinda. <laughs> and here we are. I've missed it twice. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, here we are with the regular forecast, the weather forecast, which we get each week. From Peter Ingers, I love this. Uh, good morning from Connecticut, US, where it's currently zero degrees, 32 degrees Fahrenheit, under mostly cloudy skies. Okay, here's a weather update for you. Yesterday, about eight hours ago, if you looked out my window, there was about six inches of snow. There was snow everywhere. The temperature has fluctuated by 15 degrees, so it went from minus five, actually 17 degrees, it went from minus five last night in centigrade to plus 12 in centigrade, and I woke up this morning, I was out at about 11 last night trudging through the snow, woke up this morning, every particle of it is gone. 
it is the weirdest thing to see snow disappear in the same way that it appears. You know, you wake up and it's like <laughs> it's gone from green to white. I've never in my life gone from white to green in the space of six hours. And there's not any I have. snow. Huh. Happens all the time in New York. <laughs> really? I've never, because it's always like this slow, slushy transformation where, you know, you go through like three or four days of, of this I, horrible. I, I wasn't referencing the snow. Oh, uh, <laughs> what were you referencing? <laughs> I don't ask. I'm not sure you should ask me. No, I'm, I'm not ask. sure. The mind boggles. Uh, and we're being joined by somebody all the way, James Giroux, all the way from um, Mexico. Nice to see everybody. Thank you. And it's 25. Oh, just stop, James. Yes. 25 degrees. <laughs> it's, it's minus two here, 28 yeah. degrees Fahrenheit. So Yeah, we had minus, minus five last night, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, it's very nice to have you all with us. Uh, we're going to talk about the WordPress news for this week, and let's kick it off with probably one of the biggest stories, I guess, that we get each and every year is the State of the Word. State of the Word used to be done by Matt Mullenweg inside of WordCamp US, is my understanding. I was never in attendance mm -hmm. yep. for yes. that, but... Uh, more recently, pr presumably with COVID and all, it's gone to its sort of own little independent event. I know Michelle went last year, and as she said, she actually went this year. Was it a pretty small affair, Michelle? How many people were in the room and all of that? About about 50 people. I, okay. I limit it to 50. <laughs> yeah, and so... it, it, it looked like a really sort of like convivial little atmosphere. You know, it wasn't like a hotel foyer or conference room. It looked more like a, I don't know, it's almost somebody's sitting room or something. It's the Tumblr offices. So oh. a few years back when Automatic um, acquired Tumblr, they also acquired the lease for the Tumblr offices in New York City. So that's where they do the state of the word. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, let's just go through a couple of the, the top level items. So obviously Matt takes the stage and he tries to sum up what's been going on in WordPress during the course of the year from his perspective. And then given all of that, there's a bit of crystal ball gazing where we're trying to figure out what things are going to be happening in the future. As always, mm -hmm. WP Tavern uh, and Sarah Gooding are on top of the story. And really, the, the highlights, I suppose, uh, were the event itself, which was quite nice. Lots of community mm -hmm. members, Michelle included, got to ask some questions. Again, Michelle mm -hmm. got the first question in, which was quite nice. Um, but Gutenberg adoption was one of the main themes, talking about how mm -hmm. Gutenberg has improved over the course of the year and the fact that it's now starting to appear in all sorts of different places. There's an app, which I confess I've never heard of before, called Engine Awesome, um, which Matt pointed out is, is now using a sort of stripped-down version. And also mm. there was reference, I don't know how oblique it was, but there seemed to be reference that it was either in Tumblr already or it was going to be put into Tumblr. Anyway, so there was that, uh, all the stuff about Gutenberg, and then moved on to the community side of things. And if you stare back over the last three or four years, the community really sort of tanked in some ways. You know, the events and the meetups kind of got stifled. Nobody really um, was able to do any of those. But it looks like there's been a real bounce back. So just in terms of the contributing to the project itself, 1,399, which is gallingly close to 1,400, um, contributed, of which 652 were contributing for the first time. Um, there was also uh, much, much more in, in yeah. terms of events. I can't remember the numbers now, but we went from one word camp last year to, I think it was 21 or something in the course of last year. So that's yeah. that's all bounced back. And we got onto Listen, this subject. If you, if you yeah. look at those numbers for contributors in the graphic, I mean, what stands out is that we had 
almost half of the contributors last year was new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And only a few contributed to more than one release or to all releases. So mm-hmm. aren't we doing something wrong if that percentage new time contributors is so high compared to the overall number of contributors? You're going to have to run that by me again because I think I missed the thrust of what you were saying. You were saying that although it's an encouraging figure because it's nice to have new blood, are you saying it's yes. discouraging because it's really a very large proportion of new? In other words, where have the other people, the old people yes. gone, if you like? Yes, and we're if seeing this correctly, every single time. Yeah, I was going to say, if I remember correctly, it's roughly the same thing every single time. So where do the where do all these people disappear off to then? I guess is the is the answer. You you want the answer to that question? Trying to figure yeah, out why why yeah. aren't we able to keep these people in our community and why aren't we able to keep them contributing to WordPress? What's scaring them away? Yeah, and it's interesting that that that's never mentioned in that way, is it? There's always this great big focus on look how many new people. Um, in other words, that that is a nice metric to have. But really, what you want to see is this number, this thirteen hundred, sort of being seventeen hundred this year, two thousand one hundred the following year, and basically it just keeps growing. As a, yeah, okay, I get yes. it. Yeah, that yeah. is interesting. Ideally, yeah, absolutely. but if, if if we're being honest, it's still a weird metric to to track anyway. Because what is a contribution? That can be just somebody popping in the comments saying, hey, how about we fix it this way? Or how about we do that? Uh, And it can be someone who actually wrote a piece of code, tested it, uh, refactored it, uh, tested it again. You know, there's this can either be a a 10 minute input or a couple hours of input. There's no way of measuring that. But Um, but also... Go on, Amy, Amy brings up a really good point that it doesn't indicate sponsored versus unsponsored and unsponsored people have a, a more of a burden on their time, right? Because they're usually yeah. working full time. And then also it doesn't talk about the fact that we do have, just like you can only be an organizer, a lead organizer for a WordCamp twice. There's a reason for that. It's because you burn out after a while. So maybe after one or two times, People take a break and come back in later. So we don't, we don't know what that t- what that time series data looks like. So I think yeah. that it's it's not necessarily that 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 those people drop off and never come back. It's more likely that they take a break and come back again later. Possibly. And the only thing that still irks me every single time we talk about contributions is we don't include translations. Mm. Which, as Taco and I know, yeah. can eat up a huge chunk of your time. Interesting. Yeah, that is a good point. Well, well, yes. well spotted there, Taco. I confess, I hadn't really seen it that way. I was sort of swept along by the, isn't it good that there's loads of new people? I hadn't really thought about it from that point of view. Uh, if you've got an answer to that question, answers on a postcard to Taco at Yoast HQ, where he'll uh, he'll gladly sift through. I'm sure. The... Absolutely. <laughs> no, don't yes. do that. By <laughs> don't actually anybody. Please don't do that. He's got enough work on his hands. Uh, let me put this back on the screen. So, so we've got some other things that were mentioned, which are new tools coming to the community. We're going to have, okay, I think this is quite an interesting one. And certainly from Taco's point of view, I'd be interested to know what he thinks about this. We're going to have new taxonomies inside the plugin and theme directories, which are going to be able to indicate a little bit more. Uh, so, for example, we're going to have a tag marked community. Um, and to quote Matt Mullenweg, it says in the article here, this is for software that belongs to us all with the lead developers stewarding it, stewarding it 
for the next generation. Um, it kind of feels a little bit almost like a half canonical plugin, which have been mentioned recently. And the canonical plugins yeah. are going to be ones which are essentially they're basically part of core, but not needed in core. So that's another one there. Um, and then also this one, which I think is quite interesting, a tag designating, designating if a commercial, um, if, a, if an aspect of the product is commercial. So I'll quote, another tag would be designated for commercial plugins that have some sort of upsell and often include commercial support. Anything with a pro version will fall within this category. Mullenweg said he wants WordPress.org to create an environment where commercial and non-commercial plugins can exist together harmoniously. So do you want to speak to us a little bit about that? I mean, presumably, Taka, you've had thoughts and conversations around this because this could either work really well for you or, or you know, maybe change nothing. I don't know. Um, so it has already changed on WordPress.org. So if yeah. you go to, for example, Yoast SEO, you'll see that it's now tagged as commercial. Um, which is fair because there is a paid upsell to Yoast SEO. Um, but it, it also is interesting because the free version of Yoast SEO is just like a community plugin is very open to getting input from the community. It's developed in the open. Um, so they are not really mutually exclusive, but they are now on WordPress.org. Um, so that's interesting. At the same time, I'm super happy because the commercial tag comes with a link that can send people to the premium support oh. spot. So mm. that is that really is helpful. A huge win. Yes, except for the UI, but that's something that we uh, can prove on sure. later. But at least there is a link now that where our premium users who still end up on the WordPress.org page can click and say, okay, I want support for this and I want to pay. I'm ready to pay. Yeah. So that is definitely a uh, good step forward for... Can I ask, premium. did you get to choose that link or is it just going to the base URL of Yoast? Well, I think that... Um, if you're listed as the owner or developer of the plugin, that you have the options to set it, which I'm not for Yoast, so um, I'm not sure. But I also know that I think Otto set uh, the settings for the first, like the top 10 or top 20 plugins. Uh, so for Yoast, it was already done. Uh, we didn't do it ourselves. You can imagine that if there was a UI where you could specify what that was, you can imagine it being uh, quite an interesting marketing tool if you could choose yes. like a Black Friday equivalent of that link around Black Friday or, I don't know, some sort of promotion that you were running at the time. That's interesting. Okay, so mixed. It sounds like you've got mixed feelings about it. On the one hand, it's great. You finally got a link off just a really important property in yes. the WordPress space, linking directly to a page, maybe of your choosing, maybe not. But it sounded like you were dancing around the word commercial a bit, because certainly from my point of view, the word commercial kind of feels like it's got negative connotations. I could be wrong about that. But when I when I hear about commercials on telly, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out ways to skip through them yeah. frankly but also yeah. it, it, it just it feels it feels like an interesting word to choose put it that way as opposed to i don't know upgrade or something like that which yeah, i guess 
it's it's not always that you can upgrade. I mean, it's um, what this basically says, and what I like about it is that um, what it's saying is there's a company backing this product, and that may mean something in terms of reliability. Is this plugin going to be around in ten years? Right. Um, and that is very different from um, a community plugin that is intended to be around, but yeah, I'm not sure if that's if it's if it falls on one person. I think um, uh, Contact Form Seven is the the ultimate opposite example. But if it falls on one person to build a product, at some point they might be done with it they might burn out they might stop if there's a whole company behind it it might be more reliable so if you're picking your products that you want to use in your projects it might also be a positive thing that there's a company behind it yeah i think the, the word commercial is weird uh just consider the the option of uh, somebody builds a plugin and it's free uh, support is free everything's free normal right what if that person says uh, if people really need support that is beyond free, I'm happy for them to contact me and we'll set up whatever we need to set up. Does it then become commercial? I don't think so. The plugin stays the same. There's no upsell. There's no upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. Well, I, I, I guess on balance, Yoast is happy with this. You know, you've got a nice, a nice link out to your commercial product i mean yoast is a is a different one isn't it because everybody knows you know everybody's heard of yoast everybody knows that you've got a commercial side maybe for i some wish of the... oh okay <laughs> i wish <laughs> okay yeah, yeah no, everybody that's... here knows <laughs> yeah no that's definitely a problem the discoverability of having a premium upsell and in, in that regard this is really helpful yeah. yeah. Okay. There's quite a few comments that have come in about this, and maybe some of them have now lost the focus because we've moved on a little bit. But um, James saying uh, this is in response to Michelle. That's what I was thinking. Michelle, people might be contributing to release and then make a break before coming back or getting involved in another aspect of the project. Uh, thank you for that, James. Amy says the related text on the Yoast plugin page: commercial plugin. This plugin is free, but offers additional paid commercial upgrades or support okay and again i'm wondering who got to write that text whether it was you or i, I think this is default for all the commercial plugins okay right it, it does sound like boilerplate doesn't it yeah okay um the related text on the yoast plugin oh we've just read that have we yes thank you uh commercial says bridget willard definitely has a negative connotation yeah that's kind of in my head a little bit bridget i don't know if that's just me but I do, I do feel that a little bit. Um, and we see, according to Amy, commercial, the word commercial heading before mm -hmm. we see the details. Okay. Um, right. One quick last thing about state of the word. Uh, actually, there's a few things. Firstly, did anybody notice uh, Matt Mullenweg's lapel badge? Oh, yes. That was... Uh... <laughs> That's the, first, the first thing I tweeted from the event was his double check marks. There's a subtle dig, uh, I guess, at um, Mr. Musk and what's going on over there on Twitter. Uh, he's obviously double certified, <laughs> which I think was quite interesting. Um, I also, I don't know if you saw the news today. Elon has uh, put out a tweet saying 
uh, you can vote him out as CEO. Basically, he's going to step down if no. <laughs> Remkes is like no, no, he's not. That's no, a ploy. Come on, he <laughs> said. In, he said half in November. November, he said, uh, "What was it? Uh, I will do this temporarily. I will be looking for a, a CEO to replace me as soon as possible." So that's already in the works. He's already oh. talking to somebody, and he's just giving the crowd the idea that they have influence. He's too good at this yeah. marketing stuff, isn't he? He's got me sucked in. That's right. Yeah. He's got me sucked in. That's <laughs> or, right. or he's, he's banning not, he's... everyone who voted him out. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I wondered about that myself. But I also, it's, it's not that he's too good at marketing. It's like you are too much of a sucker to believe what he has to say. Like that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is right. Yeah. Actually, do you know what? It was because it was carried on the BBC. The BBC put yeah. that story out. Yeah, but they're um, 24 his... hours late anyway with everything yeah, oh, they okay. report on. So. Anyway. And, and, yeah, and well, Twitter's well, happening so fast. So you need in, to be in, on. In other news, let's get back to the, the state of the word quickly. There's one final thing yeah. at the bottom. A, a truly remarkable thing was well, unveiled is the wrong word, but brought to people's attention. And it's this WP uh, WordPress sandbox project, mm. which is really remarkable. And I genuinely don't know how this technology is even achieved. It just literally seems like magic. So Matt demoed it. I, I, thinking back, I can't remember how the demo went. But essentially, if you go to um, developer.wordpress.org, forward slash playground and that's what's showing on the screen right now and i'll just click refresh um it it throws up a an install of wordpress and it, you kind of feel to yourself well i've seen this before you know this is the sort of thing that insta wp does and taste wp and all of that well no that's not the case because this is all running inside your browser and and I genuinely haven't a clue what the tech stack is that's going on in there. But there's a database, there's PHP, and it's all happened in the blink of an eye. And this is a fully functional WordPress website, which no. only exists inside of my browser. It's not fully functional because it doesn't use MySQL. It uses SQLite. Okay, SQLite has quite a few limitations. So okay. if, if, a, if you want to run a plugin that has its own... Uh, MySQL implementation or, or custom database tables, whatever, it won't work here, at least not in its current form. Remkus, obviously you've looked at this a little bit, certainly I think probably more than I have. Can you see what the what the purpose of this is? In in the documentation for the uh, for, the, for Matt's, Matt's talk, it was all about developers and people being able to try plugins out, and I was thinking, yeah, that seems, that seems interesting, but, but I, it also, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the the I've skimmed mostly, so I haven't fully read everything here. But um, what I've seen is that it's supposed it's supposed to become a playground in the literal sense where you can just activate all these different things, uh, even from you know you see the edit site there, so you can go to the site editor. Um, you can play with all these things that are part of WordPress now without actually having to install it. So you get a better feel for those who'd like to see how things work first. Uh, I would imagine plugins and all the things will become an option as well at some point to fully properly uh, test. But there's a, there's a, see? It, yeah. Is, so. Yeah, um, we've just, but, on the but, screen, but, I would just went to the, I tried so to I, go to the repository to put a plugin in and you can't, you have to open no. it. Yourself. So yeah. it's all local storage. So whatever your browser is capable of doing, this is what it'll allow us to do. Okay. Um, 
It just it sort of seems to me like a very clever technological implementation, but I I can't quite see. I don't know the technology behind it, it either, but but oh, the, I, I can see tons of things like. Oh, good. So, from uh, what does this plugin do? Just right. You know, turn it on, okay. see what it does. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, what if I can change uh, to this theme and then start playing around in my uh, site uh, editor? To uh, and this is, I, I I don't know if this is part of their roadmap yet, but I can very well see this being used as. Uh, let me see how this theme actually works in the theme store itself. So you actually go to. Oh, okay, right. So this is what it looks like instead of that incredibly bad screenshot we currently have to our availability. <laughs> that is never fitting. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. I'm, I'm now starting to see more of a purpose to it. So you're, in your imaginings, you might off the WordPress repo, just stumble across a plugin. You just, you just yeah. want to quickly see what it, what it looks like, what its capabilities yeah. are. You yeah. click a button, it launches in a new tab in Playground with that plugin. I would imagine we're working towards mm. being in that situation where we can do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. That what actually I, what makes I a do lot of think sense. is interesting, and um, you can see that on the screen now is the URL that's reported for this post you're editing on the now on the on the side in the sidebar. Here. Gutenberg sidebar. Uh, okay. Sorry. Yep. Okay. Yep. So yep, it says wasm.wordpress.net forward slash scope, and then a yep. load of pseudo random, random numbers. numbers. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, but so it's it's proxied. It, yeah. Yeah. It looks like. It's running on WordPress.net in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, that's interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. I wonder if any. Well, I won't endeavor for, to get people to use that URL. My guess is that that URL just won't work. Should we? Should we try it? Are we able to get that and stick it in an incognito window? I'm thinking but, now that uh, there is a plugin called Frontenberg by uh, uh, Tom Noel. Uh, it might very well be an adaptation of that because that al simply allows uh, whatever's in Gutenberg to be on the front end of your site, which is essentially what we're looking at. Yeah, look, there it is. It's definitely, so this is in a, in, oh, mind you, it's in the same browser window. It's in an incognito window, but then so is everything else. So I don't know if cookies and what have you are stored or I, I genuinely don't know how all this works, but it certainly yeah. seems to work. And but I'm still, I don't know, I don't know, essentially, but yeah, WordPress.net. <laughs> Uh, is being used there. Okay, so that's a really curious development. Maybe in the sure. days, weeks, months to come, people will start using it in new and innovative ways. Sorry, Michelle, it sounded like I interrupted you. No, I, I just thought it was really interesting. And like thinking, I'm not a developer, thinking of how I would use this is exactly what Remkis said. I would absolutely test plugins this way and see what the settings look like and how it operates and whether or not I would want to, I'd be comfortable with using it. Um, yeah. I don't remember what plugin I was looking for recently. But I went through three before I found the one that I actually settled on. This would be a better way to do that. Right, right. And it really did happen more or less instantaneously. From the moment I clicked mm -hmm. the button, I think two, maybe three seconds passed. Um, and then that WordPress site was ready. So there's definitely some limitations on what it can do, specifically around MySQL Lite and what have you. But the, Sarah wrote a much more in-depth article over on Tavern uh, on the 8th of December, New WordPress Sandbox Project Demos, Test, test Drive Themes and Plugins in the Browser, mm -hmm. um, where she talks about, you know, who built it. It's a chap called Adam Zielinski. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess we'll be hearing more about this in the 
days and weeks to come. So the next thing then to mention on our little laundry list is uh, is coming from you guys, Taco. The Yoast yes. team have done something pretty cool this week. Uh, about six months, I'm going to say six months ago. That's probably completely roughly. made up. Yeah. Is it? Oh, good. Yeah, roughly. That's about the first time I've been correct this week. Um, <laughs> Yoast released a feature into their premium or commercial. I'm going to have to use that word from now on. Into their commercial uh, plugin, um, and it was all about inclusive language analysis. Now, first off, for those of us who haven't been paying attention to that particular story, can we talk about what this even is, Taco? What is yes. inclusive language analysis? Yeah. So, um, what? What Yoast SEO uh, has been doing for a very long time is help you uh, write for SEO using a uh, green traffic light, um, orange and red to see this is what I'm doing right. This is uh, what you can improve. A couple of years ago, we've added a readability check, a readability analysis. Uh, so aren't you just doing the right things for SEO, which is more the technical side of things, but are, are you also creating a text that is readable on the internet? Because people are using um, websites on their phones while on the bus, while walking. Um, so that's when we added the readability analysis. And now there's a third analysis. And as you said, it has been in premium for uh, a while and it now came to free. And that is, are you, um, well, we're hoping not on purpose, but are you um, offending people who are reading your content? Are you using the language that <clears throat> is inclusive to as many people as possible? And uh, the example that you're showing on screen is, uh, for example, a warning when you're using men and women in a text, because are you sure that you're talking about a group that is exclusively men and women? Because there's more variations than just the binary men and women. So um, the plugin recognizes that non-inclusive of potentially non-inclusive phrases and explains why it might be problematic and gives you alternatives so that you can write a more inclusive text and you don't accidentally alienate people who might otherwise buy your products, engage with your content, um, visit your website. So this little, um, the screenshot that we're showing at the moment is showing a an orange dot, an amber yes. dot. Is that indicative? Is it the same traffic light system? Green for go, if you like, and... Um, well, here's a potential problem. Um, it's slightly different because uh, green means we haven't found anything. Okay. Right. And it doesn't say you're all good because inclusive language is evolving really fast. So we're never going to promise you this is all perfect. The thing is, green means we didn't see, we didn't flag anything that might potentially be problematic. Got it. The orange traffic light is showing in certain circumstances, this can be problematic. So verify um, whether that's the case with this use of that specific phrase. Because if you're um, talking about a group of friends and you know that they are all men and women, 
then obviously this is not problematic because you know that you're correct. But if you're targeting a general audience, then it might be much broader and you, you're not entirely sure. So this is where you really have to do the work yourself to see, hey, is this indeed problematic? And then there's the red traffic light where you go like, okay, this is, we are 100% sure to know that this is absolutely not inclusive. So um, yeah, that's the, the way it works. Okay, that's the way it works. And then, but then the story here this week is that you've decided to to roll it into free, right? So yeah. this is now available to everybody. Why why did you do that? Because it matters. Hmm. Um, we've always said that Yoast SEO is for everyone. Uh, we do SEO for everyone, and we basically um, had this in in premium. And people are asking us, but we're a charity. It's very important for us uh, to use the right language, but we can't afford premium. We really feel that we should be using this feature, but we don't have the funds for it. And this is something that is going to make the web a better place for everyone. Mm -hmm. And that is why we decided it should be in our free product, because it is helping our goal of SEO for everyone and making the web better for everyone. Um, a couple of nice Absolutely. comments in relation to that. Lana, hello, Lana. Uh, she says, amazing feature. I was struggling with guys in my emails and content and having Yoast feature uh, during article writing is awesome. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's and so then, awesome to hear. Yeah. And then another one, um, good citizen move by Yoast. Bravo, says Amy. So that's kind of nice. Can I ask a couple of quick follow-up questions? Sure. Firstly, um, this some people are going to say, I, I, don't, I don't want to go near this. And my understanding is it is off by default, right? You have to go and enable it before any of this happens. Is that correct? So um, that was indeed the case in premium. And it still is in free. But I can only hope that as many people as possible are going to activate it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and the second one is, uh, well, I've got two two further questions. First one is, does it does it take him on board? Well, obviously English. We've seen that. Yeah. Does it does it go through the same heuristics and checks with a whole bunch of different languages as well? Not yet. Okay. Um, so it's it's English uh, for now, but obviously, like the readability analysis, which we've expanded to over twenty seven languages, uh, mm. we really want to do the same. But okay. you need native speakers and educated native speakers to get this right because okay. it's such a sensitive topic. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And finally, um, my understanding with Yoast is that all of the all of the all of the analysis is happening in my own WordPress website. Right. This isn't phoning yes. home and doing some nope. kind of AI check on a big, large computer in the cloud somewhere. Right. Nope. This is okay. all done in browser on your own yep. site. So um, yeah, we so we don't like having your data um, <laughs> because that yeah. means we're responsible. So right. nope, it's all on your own site happening in browser. Michelle, so it I looks had like the, you were gonna ask. Yeah, yeah, I had the honor of previewing this before it went live and was just blown away by how amazing this plugin was. My only criticism was that it was in the premium and not 
readily available to everybody. So like when, when I found this out, my heart sang, if you can believe, you know, all the work I do on inclusion. So I thought this was absolutely brilliant. And I did just want to give a shout out to Hannah. Um, Hannah's one of the developers on this project. And we had her on the Underrepresented in Tech podcast. She's brilliant. I know there's more people that were involved than just Hannah, but I, but I can speak for that conversation and how much I appreciate all that has gone into this project. Very yeah, nice. that's that's a lot of work by the entire Lingo team. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Remkus, anything to add on this, or shall we move on? Uh, I would only be re-echoing uh, what has already been said. So uh... okay, yeah, well, okay, we'll move on. Yeah, nice. So you can check that out just in case you're interested. Uh, it's over on the Yoast website, and the article. I should probably just pop it back on the screen. Makes it a lot easier to understand. It's called "New in Yoast SEO Free: The Inclusive Language Analysis." Okay, so go and check that out. Right, back over on the tavern. Just a couple of things that have come up in. Gutenberg 14.7, which a couple of them I think is are actually really nice. The first one is that you are going to get different colors in the Gutenberg editor, depending on the kind of uh, template parts block that you're using, whether it's a reusable block and so on. If you're familiar with page builders, the, the one that I'm most familiar with is Beaver Builder. And in Beaver Builder, typically, if you're interacting with something, everything's blue. It's this sort of pale blue. But if you're interacting with a global row or a saved row or something like that, just to make it really obvious, it, everything goes sort of an orange color. And the, the idea behind that is, okay, I know that this is not just being edited in this one part of the site. This is going to have a wider impact. And there's a little video here showing that. There's a kind of, I don't know if these colors are going to be configurable in any way. But you can see here that uh, you've got blue for normal blocks, and then you can probably see on the on the video as well that we've got different colors, purple popping up uh, when the person is editing the headers and the footers. So that's kind of nice, just a nice little UI thing. And this one as well, the inserter, and I'll quote, the inserter is getting a major change in 14.7 with the addition of a media tab. So it's going to be next to blocks, patterns. Now there's going to be media, um, making it faster to add images, video, and audio. Users can select the new tab and select a media type. And then you'll see the 10 most recent items, which in many cases I feel might be enough. It certainly would work in my workflow workflow pretty well. But then there's also going to be a open media library button at the bottom. So you can just invoke the old media library. Actually, if memory serves, although I didn't mention it, I got a feeling that Matt in the state of the word said that there was going to be some overhaul of the media library in the year to come. So maybe this is part yeah, of that initiative. I was, I was thinking the same thing because uh, this certainly looks like a first small, like really small step into Hmm, how could we do media differently? Yeah. It's in um, editor fully now instead of invoking uh, a whole bunch of, bunch of modals doing weird and funky stuff. Yeah, you kind of imagine that the UI that we can see on the screen here, Remkus, where you've basically got one image stacked on top of another mm -hmm. one. Uh, if, if you are after one that's been uploaded very recently, in other words, the first 10, this UI is going to work. But in, yeah. in some cases, it really does take me quite a long time with the existing structure to sort of find the one. You know, you go to the bottom, load 100 more, and you just yeah, scrape yeah. through. And you'd imagine that there's got to be some, um, yeah, there's think, got to be I some. I think for larger sites, yeah, I think for yep. larger sites where multiple people are working on it and everybody uploads their images uh, yeah. all at the same time, this doesn't make any sense. 
No. Uh, on the other hand, if the default filter is uploaded to this post, it could work. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so there's some nice, fairly straightforward, but nice little changes. Uh, Michelle, was there? There was quite a lot of talk in State of the Word as well about um, Openverse and whatnot as well, wasn't there? Have you got yes, any numbers absolutely. to share on that? Because I know that you're interested in that. Um, not overall numbers. I, I um, had made my question was about the photo uh, directory project where we have almost 5,500 um, photos accumulated in just a year, and you know, what, what that would look like going forward and made the suggestion that it would be really nice if I had an idea that my photos are being downloaded, being used, so that I know if I should keep contributing to a project like that. And oh, so I, I think, see. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah. So in other words, mm -hmm. you get some kind of data back saying your image has been looked at, I don't know, 200 times. If you've ever uploaded a an image to Google Maps, then they're really good at getting back to you and telling you over and over again. In fact, to the point of like, stop it now, Google. You know, I realize that that picture of that statue is really popular, but they do. And it is breathtaking the amount of times. If yeah. the data is correct, you know, you take a picture of a statue in the middle of London or something. And a couple of days later, like 100,000 people have looked at it. It's just it's astonishing. But it makes you feel good, right? And it makes you think, actually, yeah, you know sure. what? I'm going to contribute more to that community. Right. I, What's yeah. really nice is the, the the photo directory project now does give you a badge on your WordPress.org. Right. Not only that, but if you look further down where it'll, where you can see your favorite plugins and your activities, now you can see the link to your photos and your uploaded photos as well. So they're mm -hmm. doing a lot. A lot has been done to at least. I mean, it's only been a year, but so kind, I, kind of make it an unsplash. Yeah, right. So yeah. I would love to see it actually able to be connected to the media library where you could connect automatically to the um, it's bound to WordPress happen. Directory. That's bound to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That will that will be a transformational change, actually, if you think about that. If you can just chuck stuff. But also if you could tick a box when you upload an image to say, put it in openverse, I'm totally happy. Just and then that'll oh, from your WordPress well. site to open, right? So, yeah, I take a picture now, I upload it to right. my website, tick a box to say, Yeah, give it to us. He, he did say that that is that is coming, that's one of the nice. things that's in, in the pipeline. Well, as soon as that checkbox appears, you can imagine that it will go from 5,500 to you know, a bunch more, million. yeah, yeah, it's like so overnight. The, yeah, the difficulty is that there's yeah. only a handful of us that are on the, the photo team. And I know for, for me alone, I don't know how many of us there are, maybe 10 of us, I have discovered at least 15 pilfered photos that have been uploaded. So things <sighs> for, uh, where I find them in um, iStock and stock images elsewhere. And then I have to say, sorry, but no. And, uh, you know, at this point, we're not banning people from uploading photos, but we're but keeping a close eye on right? that. Yeah, absolutely. How do you, how do you do that check, yeah. Michelle? Is it like that? That sounds like a fairly manual process. Are you literally looking it's at the picture? It's entirely then... manual. Yes, oh, I have to. My Lord. I do download it to my computer and then upload it to tonight. Oh. And see if there's a... <laughs> so yeah, and and this is not to say that there aren't amazing photographers in WordPress because there are. But when I see one person submit five photos and one is an aerial view of another parachuter, an aerial view of a cloverleaf. Um, highway uh, a really nice flat laid setup of a desk and then a pager's easel like those those didn't all go together yeah and right so I, right i yeah. started to check yeah. them right and like 
yeah, these are all fake, or they're all somebody else's. You cannot yep. pass them. Fighting is a good fight there, Michelle. I could imagine in the future there will be AI involved in those decision-making processes. Um, Let's let's hope, yeah. Well, I mean, you've got to imagine that the likes of Getty are not not issuing all those, well, yeah, I've got. I've had friends who almost as soon as they accidentally put images on the internet, which they shouldn't have done, you know, the law, the letter arrives via email almost immediately. It's like, nah, yeah. no human was involved in that decision. Um, exactly. Amy says, I think Matt said something about the future ability to upload, sorry, include people in the images. Yeah. And I'm wondering how that would work. Yeah, that's a good point. Because at the minute, if there's any trace of a human, f- I think it's a face. Maybe if, it's, if, you know, if, if it's a recognizable face, if you can, okay. if, if I look at it and it's not so far distant where it's just kind of like featureless, then we, yep. then we say no. If there's a okay. license plate, if there's an address, we take things like that off of so that it's not personal, personally identifiable information. Yeah. I can imagine right. that would be a whole Viper's nest to get into yeah. because obviously that, then you've got that should to be automated. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because presumably you could just upload pictures of people that are not you um who very very well may want their photo never to appear on the yeah. internet so yeah hey, and as a photographer it. as a photographer i get you know street 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 photography you actually are allowed to take anybody's picture if they're out in public in, yeah. in the united states anyway and huh. you can use it anyway any way you'd like um but if you're taking pictures in private then you have to have a um an artist really a, a model release in order to use them publicly I don't know what the situation would be in Europe more broadly. I feel it would be different than that, but I could be completely wrong. Um, But it feels like the Europeans and the North Americans tend to have different opinions about those. Well, I think from the top of my head, and I'm not an expert on this because I'm not a photographer, um, but it's very similar. Whereas in public domain, as long as it's not a close-up of someone, um, you're pretty much good to go regardless yeah okay whether you shoot is a different story yeah yeah that's yeah that's right um so anyway that we got into all that because we were talking about the changes in gutenberg Mm 14.7 of which uh the ability to add media is going to be directly in the ui which is really nice Mm -hmm. we just have to see how that that implementation goes right from one story to another honestly i don't know what to make of this story i think it's interesting and curious in equal measure the the founder of the mailchimp for wordpress plugin has announced not in i can't remember where it was on some third party website or it might have been reddit. instagram or what where was it sorry reddit 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 or hacker news or something like hacker that hacker news yeah, yeah thank you to the tavern uh, yeah okay well the, the oh, guy okay. who okay. has been making this plugin who it turns out i think maybe both remkus and taco no um he has decided it's Danny Van Kooten, and again, Colton. sorry, Danny. For, oh, I knew I'd have butchered it. Okay, D- Danny Van and Remka, say it again. Sorry, Colton. Just okay. Colton. In your head, when we do the double ones, you just make that an H for the second one, and you're almost oh, there. Okay. Okay, I shall never make mistakes again. Uh, right. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm just going to call him Danny. He began this plugin journey a, a long time ago, I think as long as 10 years ago or something like that, uh, from, a, from a hospital bed. It sounds like he was drawn up with some illness and decided, oh, I've got a bit of time on my hands. I'm going to create a MailChimp plugin. Fast forward 10 years, this plugin is active on 2 million plus websites. I don't know what the 
exact boundary there is, but beyond 2 million. It has been downloaded 42 million times, which just in just such big numbers. And he has decided in, in such a really interestingly honest appraisal of his interaction with this plugin, he's decided basically he doesn't want to continue anymore. And he's offering it up for sale for the princely sum of 1.6 million euros. Now, there's a whole bunch of, there's a whole ecosystem of other sort of like bolt-on plugins, which means that as of this week, at least, the plugin is making $36,000 per month. You can subtract from that a couple of thousand dollars that the developers, he hires in some third-party developers to help him with the project. Uh, so it's clearing well over 30000 um, a month, and and he wants to get rid of it, basically because he said, I'm not really interested in this project anymore. Somebody else can take it over. There was quite a few comments down at the bottom sort of saying, why would anybody, what, 30 grand a month and you've decided to get rid of it? And then he, the, the developer, Danny himself, pops in uh, to the comments just to lay it all to bed and said, look, I'm just not motivated, basically, to quote, thank you. I am mostly selling because of a lack of motivation. The time I currently spend on this is the bare minimum to keep it running. I did a quick back of the envelope calculation, and I figured that if you if everything just carried on the way it was, I think you'd be turning a profit in under five years. Can't really remember, but there's probably a whole bunch of growth there. Just thought this was a really nice story, and it peeled back the curtain of money, which never gets peeled back. You know, when some company A buys company B, it's very, very rare that the the figures are put out into the open. So, anyway, I guess Taco, you know Danny. Um, yes. Anything that you want to say about this? Yeah. So I know Danny uh, very well because he was an intern at Yoast in 2014. Um, so when he already had this plugin. Um, which was then the reason that he didn't join Yoast as a developer because he already had a good source of income. Um, so yeah, no, he's he's an amazing guy. He's um, he's been very smart about this. What the plugin works really well, and I hope that it will find a good new home. Yeah, yeah. Do you know him then, Remkus? You obviously. I do. His... I do. Yeah. 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 Nice. It was just, I think for me, this, the interesting thing here was that that figure of 1.6 million. It's really uh, not that difficult. Uh, so if you just look at 36 times 12 times less than four. Was uh, it less than four? In the, yeah, thank you. Yeah, so so you're at, you, uh, if you do it, uh, you're at 1.7 and, uh, and some change. So 1.6 is not too bad in terms of uh, the asking price versus what you're getting for it, especially considering that there's a, a lot of potential for, uh, for for making it better and upgrading and uh, even just a simple price hike would already be totally acceptable because he's not necessarily asking a lot. Um, and if you're from the Netherlands, you can get it cheaper. Oh, yeah. How come? Uh, yeah, that's what he tweeted. So I, I Oh, nice. <laughs> I guess it's it a VAT thing or, or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. It's really not bad numbers uh, in terms of uh, what you're getting and uh, the potential. Um, yeah. I think yeah. for, I think that the, the reason the story popped out in, in my head, at least anyway, was just because to, like 1.6 million, as you said, it obviously stacks up, right? There's, there's no weirdness there. But it was the fact that a plugin which does one 
thing, which is Connect, a service which um, you know a lot of people are obviously using. I don't know how popular Mailchimp continues to be, but certainly it was They're still growing. Yeah. Still oh, okay. Growing. Um, it was the fact that it just did that sort of one thing, and that one thing could be profitable to that level. And he's very clear in the article. It, it use, usually in a typical week, he's spending about four hours uh, a week on this. So, you know, you're looking at less than 20 hours a month. And then in order 432K to... per year. In the... Amazing, right? Just amazing. Uh, yeah. What the... Uh, size what the size will do that to you. Do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and but for somebody like me who's never really been involved in anything on that magnitude, it, it always it always amazes me how big the WordPress ecosystem is. And it's, I've just noticed vast. that I've got antlers on my head, and I'd completely forgotten about that. And now I just feel ridiculous. So uh, <laughs> let's move. As you on. should. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay, let's move on to this story. I don't know anything about this uh, other than the fact that it exists, but I, I thought I'd mention it because I've seen it. When I say I don't know anything about it, I don't know who's um, particularly behind it or what have you, but there's an, an initiative, which I'm sure I heard about last year. It's called WP Gives a Hand. Uh, the hashtag that they're using is WP gives a hand and it says, let's make a difference together. Will you, how great is the feeling when you not only get something, but new, but also be part of those who give back. And really the idea is an exchange of, um, essentially just donating from today. It's a week long in its, uh, breadth and scope starts today, December the 19th to December the 25th. And I'll just read here. Every company that joins the movement donates a, percent, uh, donates a percentage of every sale to charity. And that bit is in bold. The charity event takes place on the last full week of the year, but you can join in any time. So it just seems to me like a, a just be nice for the sake of being nice kind of endeavor. There's a button on the site saying that you can join. But obviously, some of these companies have decided they're already going to donate a proportion of their uh, revenue to a charity, which looks like you name in advance. So, for example, the guys over at Visual Composer for the next week will be donating to a charity called Voices of Children. Uh, Indie Stack um, is going to be donating to Ocean Blue, the Amelia plugin to a charity called Body Human. I could go on, but you you get the point. I don't know if any of your companies are involved in this or not, or if it's new no. to you, but there it is. It's WP Gives a Hand. I think I saw a mention of it last year, so it's yeah. not the first time that it That's what is I organized. Think. Mm. Um, but That's correct. I have, haven't seen anything, not a lot from it. Uh, no, no. Maybe no, it's just in its the, infancy. Mm. The press release that I got came from Irma at um, Visual Composer. So I don't know if she's one of the people who's behind it or Visual Composer is. Oh, it says, yeah, it says it says, it says in the footer. By. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well spotted, yeah. Remkus. Yeah, that, that uh, might also be just a website built with Visual Composer. They they right. are the guys at Visual Composer are also responsible for this new project called Indie Stack as well, which is mentioned down here. So we'll we'll see. Anyway, the point being. If this is your bag and you uh, want to get involved, there it is. We have mentioned it. You could go and 
donate to charity. Yep. Right. Okay, let's move on. Uh, just a quick shout out to Dennis Dornan. Dennis is the founder, one of the founders, I believe, of uh, MainWP, which is a product, it's a plugin which allows you to maintain and and curate multiple WordPress websites all at once. And I did a podcast episode with him this week all about how he's partnered with companies in the recent past, particularly the likes of Atarim and various others, um, in order to help grow his business. So if you're interested in that side of things, making your business grow, then go for that. Uh, I'd also like to mention that Cadence, the theme, celebrated 200,000 active installs during the course of this week. There's a whole load more. Uh, data in here about the different things that have happened during the course of the year but that's pretty impressive michelle we're pretty excited about that over at seller wp and i know that if kathy's watching she's excited that you've mentioned it so how um how quick do do you have any metrics in how quickly it's risen because it feels like three years ago i hadn't heard of it one year ago i was hearing about it quite a lot and now i hear about it all the time it seems like it's really on the rise anecdotally that this year has been amazing for cadence and we've had a lot of adoption okay um and and the community we have a facebook community the community around cadence has really grown quite a bit so okay really really jazzed about it okay dennis is in the chat he says thank you oh nice hi dennis yeah there you go yeah so uh, go and have a listen to the podcast i did with dennis um yeah it was really nice nice chatting to you dennis thank you okay let's move on now this one is i'm by the way guys I'm, i might have to miss a few out because we're running a bit late so i hope that's all right with you i i don't know i don't know how to pass this uh next story this is WordFence, who have launched a free vulnerability database uh for well it would seem more or less any kind of use Um, I read this, I read it again, and a lot of the devil might be in the detail, but essentially there, well, let me just quote right off the top of the article. It says, today we're incredibly excited to announce that WordFence is launching an entirely free vulnerability database API and web interface available for commercial use by hosting companies, security organizations, threat analysis, security researchers, and the WordPress community. This is part of a larger project known as WordFence Intelligence Community Edition, which we're launching today. Okay, you could read the article and it would tell you what was involved in all of this and exactly what kind of data you're going to be able to get your hands on. There's a fairly long uh, video, which I watched quite a lot of, um, with Mark Maunder, the founder. But the bit that I don't quite get um, is that it's totally free. I'm just kind of curious as to why they're giving away what feels like the crown jewels, their threat analysis vulnerability database. Uh, And in the past, you'd imagine, well, we'll give it away to like non-corporate entities. You know, if you're a mom and pop store, sure, you can have access to it. But then to give it away to people like hosting companies, I I don't get it. So what does it say when you click view pricing? Because let's have a look. Well, uh, you mean this button here? Yeah. Because let's have a look. What is left for them? Yeah, that's so just regular this, word fence. This is just the normal word fence, yeah, button, okay. isn't it? Which is, which is for the likes of, I guess, you and me. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm imagining that this suite of products that we're looking at on the screen right now is sufficiently profitable to it's, make it's, the. It's got to be because I, yeah. I, I see no logic other than we're making good money somewhere else and we see a benefit in helping the, the community, uh, you know, 
Yeah, and I, that that's why I'm regarding this so interested with such interest is because you don't often see something which is in really genuinely entirely philanthropic. There's normally lurking somewhere. It, there, there's a there's an well, upsell, you know. There, there is the upsell of the plugin, of course. So right uh, by by getting your the word out, we're talking about it obviously now, but it's yeah. Uh, uh, more people uh, discussing this, talking about it. Of course, we'll uh, we'll also see uh, an uptick in their uh, their plugin base. I'm sure. Yeah. What caught my attention is that it's called the uh, WordFence Intelligence Community Edition. Right. There it is. Yeah. Which yeah. means that there must be a different edition that's then probably paid, or will be in the future. Yeah. Okay. So maybe. Yeah. And that this is the bit that I couldn't drill down on. Uh, I couldn't drill down to see if it was limited in some way. You know, whether it was rate limited. You could pull the, I don't know, the API every half an hour or hour or whatever it may be. But I couldn't really. I couldn't see any limitations in it. And it says, I'll quote because it gives some context. WordFence Intelligence Community Edition is a set of data available free for the community to use, and it includes enterprise quality vulnerability database, an API that provides full up-to-date download in JSON format, completely free with no registration required. We're investing heavily in this database by growing the team, maintaining and curating the existing data and adding new vulnerabilities as soon as they're discovered. What what I always am amazed by, and, and Google kind of represents this perfectly for me, is how just data about customers can often be enough to be very profitable. I, I never, never, it never ceases to amaze me the amount of money Google can make just by having data about what people are doing. You know, they're not selling a product itself. It's just that it, to some extent, I am the product. And I just wonder if there's an element of this, you know, they'll be able to see you, who's you doing it. You kind of have to assume it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, mean, I, so, I, for, I, I, I haven't looked into how they do the things they do, but uh, I kind of have to assume that that's, some part of it somewhere. Yeah. Um, ah, okay. Anyway, there you go. Nice story. Um, anything to add to that, anybody, or shall I move on? Uh, just reiterating that it's awesome that they're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. That's Great. right. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, right, right, right. Let me see what we've got. Taco mentioned this one. I confess I've missed this one, Taco. <laughs> Do you know what? It really feels like moments ago that we were in Portugal, or at least me, Remkus, Taco, and about three and a half other thousand people were. Um, it feels like just the other day. And yet we're already talking about WordCamp EU. It's going to be held in Athens. Uh, the date's here, 9th to the 10th of June. I don't know when Contrib Day is going to be, if it's going to be at the, the beginning 8th. or at the end. Is it on the 8th? So it's yeah. on the, the day before. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and it looks like it's been divided up into day one. This is nice. I like this. Day one is going to be WordPress now. Everything that can be currently achieved within WordPress, I'm presuming all of the talks and presentations will be falling under that umbrella. And day two will be tomorrow wordpress tomorrow all the exciting things that are just around the corner for wordpress and the reason i'm mentioning this is because right this is call for speakers isn't it taco yes yes this is the call for speakers so um as always working europe is uh looking for new stories new speakers uh to present the best on wordpress and i think especially with uh, wordpress tomorrow there's a huge opportunity for people who want to 
help shape the future of WordPress, but also the future of the WordPress community to what it is. Because, well, looking at the flagship WordCamps, WordCamp Europe is by far the biggest. Um, so I'd love to have people on stage that are part of a um, typically underrepresented group talking about the future and how we can see the future um, from here. So the, the, the topic areas that they're looking to get covered are under the umbrellas of development. And there's a whole list of uh, things that they want to be covered. Business community and people design and then they're open to other suggestions as well um and looks like they're after talks of about 45 minutes in total uh they're after some hands-on workshops as well uh and so on so yeah essentially if you've got your got your head in the game of speaking um things like this then now is the time to apply you go to europe.wordcamp.org forward slash 2023 and follow the links from there to the call for speakers page. So, yes, that's kind of nice. Um, 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 I, would, I would like to do one one more call because, um, I mean, you know that Michelle has the underrepresented in tech database with a lot of amazing speakers. And I hope that, well, all of them are going to apply for WordCamp Europe. And... At Yoast, we have this fund. It's called the Yoast Diversity Fund, um, where we take away financial hurdles for people from typically underrepresented groups in tech who are speaking at conferences but might have trouble getting their travel or their, their stay financed. Um, so if you are from an upper underrepresented group in tech and you see that you might have a problem... Um, funding your trip to WordCamp Europe if you're selected as a speaker, please, please, please do reach out to the Diversity Fund because we'd love to help you overcome that financial obstacle. How um, how how often do you do that? So is that like a, a one-time thing a year or do you offer like two or three of those each year? Uh, so we pledge 25 grand a year uh -huh. towards that fund and... Obviously, during the COVID years, it was, was a bit harder to uh, spend it all. But the goal for next year is to spend every single dime of it. And you do you need to be in possession of a receipt saying, I have been accepted as a speaker? Or can you, do the, can you apply for both things in tandem? So um, before we will transfer funds, you have to be accepted as a speaker. Yep. Uh, but if you're not sure whether you'll be accepted... Uh, to the fund, please do reach out before because we're happy to have that conversation. That's really interesting because in in a way, you'd think that quite a lot of people might just be put off um, even applying to be a speaker on the strength that they know that they won't be able to afford the transit yeah. and the hotels and what have you. So if there's something in the back of their mind thinking, okay, there's a chance that I could win the Yoast fund as well as win the uh, opportunity to speak at WordCamp. Yeah, if you can do both of those at the same time, yes. that might... Yeah, drags yeah. people over the line. That's yeah, and, great. And winning makes it feel like it's a competition between people. But if there's six, seven people who need our support to be able to speak at WordCamp Europe, not a problem. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, it is. I love what you're doing. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. 
Uh, right, I've got one more piece here before we go on to the not particularly WordPressy stuff, and this is over on uh, Master WP. This is is it Nyasha? I don't know how to pronounce Nyasha's Nyasha. name. Nyasha. I'm Ni sorry, Nyasha. Nyasha. God, it is it is a full on day of me butchering everybody's name, isn't it? I think that's what this episode is going to be called. Nathan. No, no different name. than usual. <laughs> well, that's true. But <laughs> normally, there's only one an episode. This week, I've done it about four times. Um, it's the piece is called "It's About Damn Time: What the WP Community Collective Means for the WordPress Community." Uh, Strapline is WordPress has a new non-profit that aims to help community grow and communicate better. Uh, the WP Community Collective, to quote, WPCC is a new non-profit organization. It seeks to provide fellowships to WordPress community members. So it very much sounds similar to the, the fund that Yoast have just been, uh, sorry, Taco has just been talking about from Yoast. It seeks to provide fellowships to community members that financially support their contributions to the WordPress project and community and more. The WPCC lists its operating principles as clear and direct communication, transparency and goals and operations and positive and proactive action. It's been founded by, oh, dare I even try this, <laughs> given that I'm butchering names, C. Reed, Katie Adams-Farrell, I'm on safe ground here, Courtney Robertson. Um, they have decided to do this, and it seems like Naisha seems like it's a really good idea. I don't know in terms of what it is that they're going to, how they're going to be distributing the money, how it is that you're going to apply for the money, um, but anyway, this is a new initiative and you can get involved if you like. Uh, this seems to be kind of the initiative that you might have been involved in, but I don't think you are, are you, um, Michelle, on this occasion? I am not, but I am 100% in support of it. Absolutely. Do you, do you have any insight into what it is that they're going to be giving the money out for? I mean, there's defined principles here. It says the WP Community Collective provides fellowships uh, to financially support their contributions to the WordPress project and community. And then there's three others as well. Yeah, I don't have any insight into that, but I'm going to try to get one of those people on the podcast in the new year. So hopefully we'll have somebody on here um, yeah. sometime in January to talk about this further. Yeah, that'd be nice. So WP Community Collective, let me just open up the authentic URL. Uh, it is at the URL, the wpcommunitycollective.com, where you can find out a little bit more. I have one frivolous thing just before we get into what we're doing for Christmas, that little chestnut. And it is to say, not that one. Where's it gone? This is over on the Guardian website. If you really like, <laughs> if you're a bit of a nerd, right, um, and you've got children who you suspect also might be quite nerdy, uh, this is a challenge that GCHQ put out every year, and essentially it's to it's to try and spot spies of the future. So they put out this little puzzle, which is kind of children's level difficulty. <laughs> Man alive, it's hard. <laughs> I had a good go at it, and it's like, okay, I've definitely got a spy. Um, they, it's like a Christmas card challenge, and you can see it. It's on the screen right now, but basically it's a bunch of logic problems. Um, you know, there is a defined win there's a defined outcome but the the principle is you get stuck in you, you and some of your friends try to crack all these problems some of them are about cybersecurity. some of them are about coding but you know they're at that kind of level where most people can participate and have ideas i tried it and just started throwing objects because <laughs> it was actually 
really the, the top one is is like this cube and it's it's like the traveling salesman problem where you've got to figure out the quickest way from getting to point a to point b given that some roads only go in certain directions and then those directions flip given certain criteria but it's really really good fun and uh and like i say if you've got a child who whips through this in a matter of minutes well you know they are going to be the next james bond basically so yeah downloaded it's uh, i'm showing you the guardian article um, and if you manage to finish the whole puzzle, I think it tends you to a what three words location, and that location will then give you more details about how you can take this a little bit further. And it is, it's not just a bit of a game either. I think this is a serious endeavor to actually find out amongst the population, certainly in the UK, who can finish this stuff, because I think the bar to finishing it is pretty high. And if you do manage to finish it as an, as an individual or as a little collection of people, I think you are basically showing some extraordinarily um, talented you know, neurons firing over there. So, yeah, anyway, that's it. It's the GCHQ Christmas festive puzzle, guaranteed to be fun at the Christmas table. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done with the, the regular stuff. I know Remkus has got to be out of here in a few minutes, so I'm going to start with him. Remkus, have you got anything planned for your Christmas? Are you doing anything nice over the holidays? Do you take time off? Is that even a thing? I, I do take time off, and uh, I'm just going to focus on uh, uh, stacking as much food on my plate as I can. And <laughs> yay! It's very simple. I'm a simple guy. I don't need much more. <laughs> yeah. Do you do the I whole don't thing? Even is it the Christmas tree? Do you do the turkey? Is that a thing where you no, are? No. Oh, is that a not? Is that like a, a, a Remkus not thing, or is that just like a not a Netherlands tradition? As far as I know, it's not a Netherlands tradition. Ah, no. Look, look Taco shaking his. Okay, we, so. What do you do on Christmas? What's the meal look like? What do you typically do? Uh, just, just fancy food, good food, uh, lots of it. Um, um, yeah, just I don't think there's a theme other than food. Just lots. Just the, the more yeah. dough <laughs> shaped your your plate becomes, yeah. the better. Yeah. yeah. For, for a lot well, of families, sure. it's cremata. Cremata. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's cremata? No, uh, cremata. Uh, <laughs> Butchered another one. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, like I'm, fondue I'm sure. type, but then not with fondue, okay. but like you yeah. have your own little um, barbecue plate in front of you where you put your little slice of meat and your mini paprika. and Yeah, yeah it's sort of a mini pancake. grill on the table where yeah, you cook just... your own food. It's for lazy hosts. Oh, <laughs> but that's like, like a but, so if but you, good fun. But if you stepped yeah. into like a typical house, there's a high probability that people will be doing that yeah, meal yes, yeah, ah, yeah. that's interesting because in the uk it's like turkey all the way down um so oh, that yeah. tradition can't be we really really old because you know turkey's gone i don't from think North we America. eat that much turkey yeah i think turkey is the is the the I was going to say the odd, the odd duckling, but it's, that's not accurate either. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just foul. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Well, we don't, we don't do turkey either because we had our turkey less than a month ago for our Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, so there, we there's there's have... no leftovers? No, those are gone. <laughs> uh, we, we, we usually either do a ham, but in my, my family, we do lasagna, which is oh. also very common in, in this part of the United States, all the lasagna noodles are sold out the week before Christmas. So in, I am not the only the, family to do that. <laughs> in the UK, it's turkey. Basically, everybody, I mean, really, 
every you know there's obviously going to be some exceptions particularly people I, who I think sure. outside of the thing that we use so the the, the mini grill thing yep yep outside of that particular thing there's no default in what goes on there because oh, okay some will right. do little mini pancake stuff uh some will do mini sausages and you know it, it's it, it's yep. also the thing the kids allowed are allowed to do themselves as well so they, oh. they are cooking their own food and stuff yeah um, well in the in but, the uk there's no, it, there's no standard in there's no standard yeah. yeah here it's basically turkey and uh, there's there's all sorts of constraints so uh, this is really weird because we have like a national television network, the BBC, um, and it and it's watched by a lot of people on Christmas Day. The they have to they have to charge the national grid, which is the power company, because a significant proportion of the people in the UK boil their kettle at exactly the same time as everybody else, and it's when the Queen now King when the Queen's speech is finished, so the moment it finishes, like, I don't know, 40 million people get up and click the button on the kettle and they have to they have to figure <laughs> they have to figure out the demand and spread the demand for oh, everybody's awesome. use of a kettle. Isn't that weird? Uh, that <laughs> That's is awesome. Brilliant. That's <laughs> but it takes months yes. of planning apparently, just for this one three minute little episode where everybody's kettle boiled because if that we, demand was on the system on a regular date the whole thing they can't out. they can't like like per county or whatever like delay the broadcast like yeah this is the king remkus i would love to talk extensively about kingdoms with Remkus because I'm sure that being Frisian, he's very much in love of our kingdom. <laughs> we're not. We're not getting into that. We're not getting into that. Um, we the other we thing... have something. We have something similar in in the U.S. It's the as soon as the Super Bowl hits halftime, the water right. level depletes everywhere because everybody runs to the restroom. Mm, so yeah, fascinating. it literally puts a tax on our water system. Wow, that's so cool. It's very interesting. Uh, it, in the UK here, typically also, you know, you have the whole Santa thing and the gifts get given and children run down. Um, and when I was a kid, it was basically every, all the gifts would be in the front room. And that was a really exciting moment. Mm -hmm. Sadly, my kids have grown up to the point where they, they, you know, that ritual has is a distant memory, shall we say. So we have to contrive a lot of that kind of stuff. But I'm really looking forward to it. I know that Remkus has got a run, so we'll knock it on the head fairly quickly. I would just like to say thank you so much. Here. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, Remkus, if you need to drop off, that's fine. Feel free. We can uh, we can close out without you. Oh, quick wave. Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say. Just the last one of the wave year. before that. Yay. Thank you very much. Um, Remkus, have a lovely Christmas and New Year, and we'll see you in the New Year. Thanks so much. And Michelle, thank you. All of you as well. Yeah, thank bye you, bye. Remkus. Um, Michelle, same to you. Have a lovely, lovely holiday, and we'll same see you, you in the New thank Year. You. And Taco, yes. same to you. I hope you have a lovely Christmas and New yeah, Year. Take it likewise. easy. Likewise. And Absolutely. I hope to see you more often again in the New Year. Tell me Absolutely. more. Right. Actually, should we end the call and then tell me more? So let's do that. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll see you in a sec. See you soon, guys. See you next. Well, I'll have, a, have a good week, two weeks, and we'll be back at the beginning of January. Take it easy. Bye-bye.